I was just wondering who all those people were at the back door. It wasn't anything. Just that nosy Mrs. Bates going on about your picture last night. Oh, really? Did she like it? After seeing you. I'll bet you were your husband, too. You are a hard one. Those things. Oh, can the sob stuff, Mrs. Haynes. You noble wives and mothers bore the brains out of me. I'll bet you were your husband, too. You are a hard one. I'm sorry this had to happen. Sorry for the boy. He seemed very nice. Oh, Ted's all right, really. <laughs> Did you see the look on his face when we told him he was going to be a father? <laughs> I wish you wouldn't joke about it. Father, you're a scream. Really, you are. The next thing I know, you'll be knitting little garments. I don't see anything <laughs> so ridiculous about that. If I were you, I'd save myself the trouble. You're not going to have a baby? At this stage, it's a matter of opinion. And in my opinion, I'm going to have a baby. I can always be mistaken. How could you do such a thing? How could you? I got the money, didn't I? Oh, I see. I'll have to give Wally part of it to keep him quiet, but there's enough left for me. Money. That's what you live for, isn't it? to sit down. What do you want? I had to see you. I had to talk to you about us. Us is not my favorite topic. Name another. All right, me. But there's some things you must know. It won't do any good. Will you get out, go home, leave me alone? David. I'm sorry, Louise. I seldom hit a woman, but if you don't leave me alone, I'll wind up kicking babies. It's all right. It didn't hurt. David, I'm ill. Very ill. Well, why come to me? Oh, she's ill, all right. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Sometimes there comes an actor who is so good at what they do that they are lampooned many times over. You can't help but watch a Joan Crawford movie without thinking, oh, no more wire hangers. Mommy Dearest. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. Remember that? Yeah. Tonight, I promise you an inclusive and safe space. Unlike the shit shows that are out there. Now, Joan Crawford's story could be a shit show. She she escaped extreme poverty to become this, this film icon. And in some aspects, supposedly feared in Hollywood... Reviled, maybe. I mean, yes, there is, there is the, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, uh, her and Betty Davis didn't get along. Let's, let's get that out of the way. But she was born, uh, uh, Lucille Faye Lassure, March 23rd, 1904 or 1908. It's uncertain. 
in San, San Antonio, Texas, and she died on May 10th, 1977. She was either 69 or 73. She won an Academy Award for her comeback, Mildred Pierce. And she was in her 40s when she won for Mildred Pierce. Started out as a dancer. Started out as this this MGM beauty. You know, she had those eyebrows. She had those eyes, the cheekbones, the shoulders. That was the thing. Joan Crawford's shoulders. And then, yes, there, there has been so much that has been said, that has been written about Joan Crawford. Whether she was mentally stable, um, whether she really did abuse her children and, and tie them to the bed and make Christina, you know, clean the floor at two in the morning, cut her hair and all the other shit. And also if she was a lesbian, you know, what's interesting about that isn't, yes, that's tabloid, whatever. According to Marilyn Monroe's analyst, Marilyn Monroe and Joan Crawford had an affair and Marilyn didn't really like it because she was experimenting and Joan supposedly enjoyed it. So I don't know. I don't know. though. And then the rivalry between her and Betty Davis, that is legendary. That cut right down to the middle. So much so that when they did whatever happened to Baby Jane, which was a huge success, and Joan was upset she didn't get nominated and Betty Davis was. So she went to the East Coast nominees, according to Betty Davis, and said, don't vote for her. I'll show up and get your Oscar. And that's what happened. So when they came around to doing the supposed next film, which was going to be Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, Joan was fired from it. And Olivia de Havilland took her place. Joan Crawford as an, you know, like right now, one of her films is on this kind of you know gave me the idea to talk about her it's called forsaking all others with her and clark gable she loved clark gable she referred to him as the king of hollywood that's who she for her whether they had an affair or not i don't know this is in the early days of joan's career joan joan was known as this movie star she wasn't getting, you know, mom, the Mildred Pierce stuff until her 40s. Because she had left MGM and went to Warner Brothers. And it was at Warner Brothers that she reinvented herself. Now, Mildred Pierce is a legendary film. That's that's probably one of her best known films. She plays uh, Mildred Pierce and her daughter, Vida is played by Anne Blythe. Anne Blythe is still alive, the only cast member alive from Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce was directed by Michael Curtiz. This is right after he had done Casablanca. Supposedly, he didn't want Joan Crawford because of the shoulders. This is a legendary moment that I want to play for you where I think some of the Mommy Dearest stuff kind of came out. With this money, I can get away from you. From you and your chickens and your pies and your kitchens and everything that smells of grease. I can get away from this shack with its cheap furniture and this town and its dollar days and its women that wear uniforms and its men that wear overalls. Vida, I think I'm really seeing you for the first time in my life and you're cheap and horrible. You think just because you made a little money you can get a new hairdo and some expensive clothes and turn yourself into a lady. But you can't. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. 
With this money, I can get away from every rotten, stinking thing that makes me think of this place or you. Vita! Not on your life! I said give it to me! this house right now before I throw them into the street and you with them. Get out before I kill you. Now, the dramatic music of that era, that that is a melodrama. And I'm talking about Mildred Pierce. Here's why. Tomorrow, the Oscar nominations are going to come out. Joan Crawford won for Best Actress for Mildred Pierce. And then something strange happened. She claims she was sick. She wins. So what happens? They deliver the Oscar to her in bed. Was she really sick or was she really scared? Here she was, an actress in her 40s that had conquered. Because back then, once you were 40, even now in Hollywood, that's it. That's it. You're going to have a new career in television. But but Joan Crawford, Joan Crawford was very ambitious. I think that's where many people could lampoon her or parody her was because of her ambition. Carol Burnett did really great um, parodies of her. And then, of course, Mildred Pierce. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway has said that Mildred Pierce kind of ruined her career. Or not Mildred Pierce, sorry. Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest kind of ruined her career. Now, people have watched Mommy Dearest. It's one of those films where you talk back to the to the screen. Because it's it's kabuki, as, as Faye Dunaway would say. And I wanted to highlight how they how they handle the Oscar. Because you know, this this is this is we weren't there, so this is supposedly through Christina Crawford's eyes what happened on Oscar night when she won for Mildred Pierce every year into a crisis I wish I did have pneumonia I wish I was raging mad over the flu <laughs> and a fever so I wouldn't have to even Thank listen <laughs> now for the best female performance in a leading role Nominees are Ingrid Bergman for The Bells of St. Mary's, Joan Crawford for Mildred Pierce, Greer Garson for The Valley of Decision, Jean Tierney for Leave Her to Heaven, and Jennifer Jones for Love Letters. You're gonna win. I know it. May I have the envelope, The picture please? is a hit. Shh. And the winner is
and everywhere gave me this award tonight. And I accept it from you and only you. Now, is that what really happened? Or was she really just in bed the entire time? That win did something... Well, first of all, it pissed Betty Davis off. Because Betty Davis had been at Warner Brothers. And Betty Davis always felt that she was treated poorly at Warner Brothers. And then Joan Crawford comes to Warner Brothers... So there, of course, you know, the rivalry just furthered. Oh, my goodness. But the fact that Joan Crawford was able to be parodied. She didn't live to see Mommy Dearest. She didn't. I I think the book was going to come out around the time that she was dying. But here she was, you know, they made a film about it. I've always talked to people about that. What, you know, are... Because now people have teams. Are you team this? Are you team that? Are you team Joan Crawford? Are you team team Betty Davis? And I remember my grandmother saying to me, "This now this these are her words, not mine." And I said, "Well, what did you think of Joan Crawford?" Oh, I loved her act. Or I loved her films. What about Betty Davis? Oh, I loved her films. And then I said, "Yeah, but what about the Mommy Dearest book?" And she said, and I quote, "I don't care what she did to that damn kid. She was a damn good actress." Now, many others probably felt the same way because they probably didn't believe it. And then there's people who said yes, that there is evidence of the wire hangers and, you know, um, the jealousy. The fact that she was jealous, Joan Crawford, of her adopted daughter. I mean, it's been analyzed. It's been scrutinized so many times. And then in 2017, they do feud. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Now, for decades, when Betty Davis was still alive, she had always wanted Susan Sarandon to play her. I kid you not. Now, supposedly, Jessica Lange had never really watched a lot of Joan Crawford movies until Feud. There was never a rivalry over half a century, they hated each other, and we loved them for it. They only ever made one film together. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? I'll get you the perfect co-star. What do you have in mind? Betty, I promise you, this is going to be the greatest horror movie ever made. Why this picture? We feel like Crawford and Davis may be a little long in the tooth. Why don't we go just a little bit younger? You want me to work with her again? Are you crazy? Never! Never again! Miss Crawford says you look old enough to be her mother. You gotta keep them at each other's throats. You have to. Lose the shoulder pads. I beg your pardon. Cut back on the lipstick. You're playing a recluse who hasn't seen the sun for 20 years, for Christ's sake. I might have something, but you didn't hear it from me. Blind item, my specialty. You are just trying to throw me. I'm trying to help you. I don't want to end up a joke about you. won't let me look ridiculous. Of course not. Pure, naked rancor. I love it. I want more. 
about pain. And action. Oh, God, I barely touched oh, her. Did you get it? So that's FX's 2017 feud, Betty and Joan, where Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing Olivia de Havilland, who is a good friend of both of them. It was extraordinary. And, you know, it did something. It brought them back into the forefront in terms of that feud. But at the end of the day, and I've said this many times, and I think of my late friend Jeff, um, who died in 2016. He loved he loved Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce really... And, and it is a film noir. And I remember when I had Jason Almy on this show, Shit Happens When You Party Naked, and we would talk about film noir. And, you know, Mildred Pierce is in there because there's a murder. Who did it? And there's all this mystery and kind of suspicion to what really happened. Okay? Now... This is an interview that I pulled from Turner Classic Movies. And this is Anne Blythe. Anne Blythe is in her 90s. She's still alive to tell the tale of working with the extraordinary but misunderstood Joan Crawford. Our test went very well and I got the part. Joan and I hit it off right away. It was as if we'd always known each other. And in time we became good friends. Certain scenes in Mildred Pierce were difficult. And with someone you like, and I liked Joan, it's hard to be unpleasant and downright mean. You've never spoken of your people, who you came from, so perhaps it's natural. Maybe that's why Father... Oh, I'm sorry I did that. I'd have rather cut off my hand. For all of her poise, I think there was a very deep core of vulnerability that Joan usually kept hidden. I saw it, and many people recognized it for the first time in Mildred Pierce. I was with Joan the night she won the Oscar for that performance. She didn't go to the awards ceremony. She said she was ill. Maybe she was just afraid. Odd, isn't it, that Joan Crawford could be afraid? We have no wish to frighten you, mademoiselle. You're not frightening me. I think I'm right. And from now on, I'm going to do what I think is right. And now you're even lying to yourself. Is that so? Yes, that's so. So see, she... Ooh, this is my favorite. Why don't you try it? So that's from Humoresque, where she says to the actor, John Garfield, I'd like to slap your face. And he's like, why don't you try it? And she throws the glass against the wall. Yeah, she, you know, let's be real. Let's be honest. You didn't, you didn't fuck with Joan Crawford. And so the fact that her and Betty Davis, (laughs) Betty Davis called her a word that I don't want to repeat. Yes, there, there are some words that I'll say, but in that word, no, no. Now. I've talked about the pair. You know, there were some really great parodies of of Joan Crawford. 
you really haven't made it until you you are parodied. Barbara Walters knows that. Many people know that. But with Mildred Pierce, this is uh, Carol Burnett. Really, I mean, my God. Mommy, you gotta help me. You gotta help me get out of this mess, Mommy. Please. Oh, I don't know what to do. This one is a real Lulu Vida. Please, I wobble. I wobble. Please help me, Mommy. Vida, I think it's time for a little discipline. Get me the police. Mommy, you wouldn't turn me in and make me go to the big bad jail, would you now? Hello, police. Mommy, this is as much your fault as it is mine. I didn't spoil me rotten, you did. You're right. I'll take the blame. But Vita, I think you'd better skip the prom. Oh, man! <laughs> See what I mean? That they can parody that. It was also turned into a 2010 HBO melodrama with Kate Winslet and uh, Evan Rachel Wood. We won't touch that one. Because the 1945 version is perfect. It's perfect. Joan Crawford went on to get nominated, I believe, two more times for the Oscar. You know, she wanted a second one, but unlike her rival, Betty Davis, Betty Davis had two. Betty Davis wanted that third one for whatever happened to Baby Jane. She didn't get it, and it pissed her off. And there's a... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think she should have been nominated, too, because... You can't have one without the other. And there's a really interesting scene where they're on the beach. And this revelation just comes out. Someone. A doctor. I can't. If I die. You'll be alone. But they'd be mean to me like they were before. I don't want to hear. Jane, I'm, I'm dying. There's no time. You must listen. I made you waste your whole life thinking you'd crippled me. Please stop. You didn't do it, Jane. I did it myself. Don't you understand? I crippled myself. You weren't driving that night. I wouldn't let you drive. 
I made you go open the gates. I watched you get out of the car. You'd been so cruel to me at the party. Imitating me. Making people laugh at me. I watched you get out of the car. I wanted to run you down. Crush you. But you saw the car coming. I hit the gates. my spine. What do you mean? All this time we could have been friends. You were frightened. Well, you're in truth. So, <laughs> that, uh, that is a legendary moment. And so, yes, the proof is in the performance. She should have been nominated, too. Just for that scene alone. And she wasn't. So we can understand her anger and frustration. But at the same time, Betty Davis says, well, she wasn't thinking rationally. Because they could have made more money had she won the Oscar from whatever happened to Baby Jane. That's a legendary moment. That these two, I mean... It is along the lines now of Russia and the United States coming together. Which one is Russia and the United States? I don't know. But to have these two, you know, and the sad thing about that is for years, they've always pitted women against each other. They did that with Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. That they were rivals, that they didn't like each other. And with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, I don't really think there was a rivalry. I think they, you know, Betty has said that she respected Crawford. She showed up. She was professional. She knew her lines. But then she would say, well, you know, but then she would take take the easy road out and say, well, well, you know, I am the serious actress and she is a movie star saying that she, you know, was like Lassie. She was trying to get laughs and, and love off the screen. But then, you know, Joan Crawford was not innocent. <laughs> There's a documentary about Jean Harlow and Joan Joan loved to throw shade and she says, Oh, I could play a better hooker than Jean Harlow any day of the year. Because <laughs> Joan Crawford did play a lot of hookers in movies. Um Mildred Pierce though. Mildred Pierce, and I think of my friends who are no longer here, who love that film. In fact, the first time I watched that film, I immediately loved it. And I, I'll never forget, I was watching it one Sunday. And it was on late. And it didn't end until maybe 5 in the morning. And I watched it. And I, and I started to understand why people liked her. Why my grandmother and her generation thought Joan Crawford was the shit. They, they thought she was the shit. And I understood. I thought, okay, because she's not, you know, she's not playing. First of all, she's playing that she is a saint, you know, the father and her. Essentially, emotionally, she's a single mother, even though the father is somewhat still involved. And how she builds herself up to become, you know, she starts off as a maid to become this brand 
And the daughter doesn't like that. The daughter doesn't owe everything that she's done for her. It's the oldest story in the book, basically. There's a lot of women in films, especially years ago, they couldn't do that no prisoners kind of thing that Joan Crawford could do. If you thought if you win a few rounds with Joan Crawford, you might lose. You don't expect me to believe that, do you? I don't care what you believe. I'd like to slap your face. Why don't you try it? said that when I go out of my house, uh, I only go out of my house looking like Joan Crawford. She said if they want to go and see the girl next door, they should go to the house next door. And by the way, there's a name for you ladies, but it isn't used in high society, outside of a kennel. Even when she was standing in the chorus, you know she wasn't going to be in the chorus for long. She just had to have it. Every part she played, she had to have it. Hello? What are you doing here this time of night? Looking for my room, 164. Oh, do you live here? Yes, for tonight. Everything about Joan Crawford was big, you know? Her talent, her stardom, her shoulders. I've never done a thing to hurt any of you. Don't make me do it now. She was so piercing in her acting and her look, her makeup, her hair. There was a Joan Crawford style that was one of the most high-performance styles of dressing and makeup. I'm coming up, Vienna! I'm waiting! Joan Crawford could do everything. You never used to drink during the day. Never used to drink at all. It's just a little habit I picked up from men. If you look at the span of that career, from Mildred Pierce... Not on your life! I said give it to me! To whatever happened to baby Jane. You've been spying on me. <laughs> what do you think? You are disgusting. And that is from 100 Years, 100 Stars, the American Film Institute. I've said many, many times that I owe my love of classic films to the American Film Institute, the AFI, formed in 1967. And they did this beautiful list of the stars from the past, the stars from the present. And so those are people talking about Joan Crawford, Alec Baldwin. You know, what's funny is recently I did a show about Elaine Stritch and (laughs) they were doing, I think they were shooting um, 30 Rock where Elaine Stritch played um, Colleen Donaghy, you know, Alec Baldwin's character's mother. And she, they're filming and she says, jo- Alec Joan Crawford Baldwin, or Alec Baldwin Joan Crawford. <laughs> Probably because he kind of, he kind of secretly liked Joan Crawford. And that's a famous statement that she actually said when she said, when I go out of my house, I go out looking like Joan Crawford. She says, if they want to meet the girl next door, they should go to the house next door. So she knew her audience. She knew to respect her audience, you know, sending out autograph pictures. And so when Mildred Pierce came around, like I said, she was in her 40s. And back then, and even now, that is a death number in Hollywood. But being the tough person that she was and didn't back down, she you know, continued on until the uh, 1960s making films. So 
And then whatever happened to baby Jane, whatever happened to baby Jane, that's an interesting moment because it was these two actresses who didn't get facelifts that really fought to stay vibrant and and to stay relevant within the film community. It, It is a pivotal moment. And the fact that today, almost 80 years later, we're still talking about them. We're still talking about Betty Davis. We're still talking about Joan Crawford. And, um, you know, uh, the one clip that they played, which was Johnny Guitar, there is a little bit of androgyny to uh, Joan Crawford because the the shoulders and, and Johnny Guitar, she has almost kind of like a lesbianic look let's let's get real let's let's say it what it is and mercedes mccambridge who was so great at playing these androgynous characters so much so that mercedes mccambridge voice was very androgynous that william friedkin when he was going to do the exorcist he wanted the demon to have male characteristics and female characteristics and he said who the hell sounds like that and then he realized Mercedes McCambridge who was this Academy Award winning actress who had done all the King's Men she'd been around a long time she had done Giant with James Dean but pivotally she was in Johnny Guitar with Joan Crawford and Joan Crawford's character is being ostracized and she, the, the, the shit that she says to her, she's like, oh, she's nothing but a railroad tramp. She's not fit to be among decent people. And then that moment that Joan Crawford comes. Now, Joan Crawford really, love her or hate her, she had a command of, of her instrument as an actress. She knew how to look. She knew how to sound. And she has this almost kind of matron-like presence when she comes down the stairs in that one clip and she's like I've never done a thing to hurt any of you don't make me do it now it's like oh shit what is she planning (sighs) yeah but Mildred Pierce when the dust settles and it's settled people still talk about Mildred Pierce because of that performance because of the strength and vitality that she brought to it and it gave her her first and only Academy Award. And tomorrow, we're going to find out who's pissed off, who's gotten snubbed. Because, yeah, sometimes it's a rat race. Sometimes it's a big, giant shit show. Sometimes you win for the performance. In Joan Crawford's case, she won for that performance. She didn't win because she was Joan Crawford. She didn't win because her popularity had been waning. She won for that performance, for the performance alone. And that's very rare when it comes to, you know, Betty Davis obviously would win for the performance. But in her aspect, it was a wrong film. Betty Davis won her first Oscar for Dangerous. She really should have won for Of Human Bondage. She wasn't even nominated. She was a write-in candidate. They had to write her name in. So Dangerous really is a consolation prize for that aspect. 
So yes, sometimes you win for the performance. Sometimes you win because of who you are. In in Anthony Hopkins' case, he won for playing Dr. Hannibal Lecter. He won for that performance. Elizabeth Taylor's first Oscar, she won because she was Elizabeth Taylor and they thought she was going to die. So she got a sympathy vote. And and I talked about this the other night, how when she won, she didn't even think she was going to win. She hated the movie. The movie had been trashed. And she came close to death. So when she won that Oscar, she barely spoke. She had kind of a breathy voice. And you could see her tracheotomy scar. So she didn't win truthfully until her second Oscar when she won for the performance of Martha and who, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So that's where you win because of the performance, not because of who you are. And then there have been snubs before, you know. I think one of the greatest snubs is the fact that Omar Sharif was not even nominated for Dr. Zhivago. And Dr. Zhivago was a big, epic film. And the film that beat out Dr. Zhivago was The Sound of Music, a safe musical. And we love Julie Andrews. But I remember a friend of mine and a, and a, and a professor, she said to me, that the film that really should have won Best Picture in 1965 was Dr. Zhivago. But Dr. Zhivago, even still to this day, is a legendary film. So when it comes to films, the two major pillars in terms of acting for that era were Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. They were... They were iron, ironclad giant, clawed giants of their day. If you think of the films, you think of the 1930s. The 1930s belonged to both of them. Joan Crawford was this box office, you know, actress. Betty Davis. Betty Davis was. She did not want to be a beauty. She knew she wasn't going to be a beauty. She didn't want to be, you know, your typical star. She wanted to be a character actress. So here she is, this glamorous actress, and she's making herself look like shit. That's why Of Human Bondage is such a moment. Because she allowed herself to look ragged. Because Betty Davis knew it was about the work. It was about the performance. And Joan Crawford... Joan Crawford wanted to look glamorous, even in whatever happened to Baby Jane. And that really kind of pissed Betty Davis off, where she said, well, she had these falsies. She had the falsies in her boobs to make them kind of, because I love what Betty, Betty Davis was very, very, very technical in her, in her vengeance. And she was like, well, when you lie down, these don't stay up. They just go to the sides. And, and how... They kept having to apply makeup to Joan Crawford when she's really supposed to be playing this character who hasn't been outside for over 30 years. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane was actually remade for TV in the 1990s. But um, it, it, it didn't have a rivalry. Maybe we could say a sibling rivalry. Because Whatever Happened to Baby Jane remake was done by Rue Life Sisters, 
Vanessa Redgrave, and Lynn Redgrave. So Lynn Redgrave plays the Betty Davis character, and Vanessa Redgrave plays the Joan Crawford character. Very interesting. In fact, I remember one time Lynn Redgrave was on The Nanny, and they were talking about whatever happened to Baby Jane, and the butler Nile says, Betty Davis, who? <laughs> it was funny. It was a funny moment. Yeah. To this day, no one has really even dared to remake Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mildred Pierce, that's a different story. I've never seen the Kate Winslet version of Mildred Pierce. I think because, in my mind, it's always Joan Crawford as Mildred Pierce. And the film noir aspects of Mildred Pierce. First of all, you've got a really great director, Michael Curtiz, who directed Casablanca, very legendary director. And then you've got Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, this was Joan Crawford's comeback. Comebacks were, you know, back then, if you were box office poison, you were dead. You were dead. And here comes Joan Crawford, you know, being forced out of MGM and goes over to Warner Brothers and has a very successful second act and in the 1940s and 50s that was a hard thing to do so it's all about Mildred Pierce go and watch Mildred Pierce and you will see she doesn't back down nor does Anne Blythe playing her very bratty daughter Vita Every time I see that name, I'm thinking, uh, Velveeta, but Vita. So as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 